0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Kind of based on, uh, I've had quite a lot of stick and, and, and absolutely true about my last week's message in that people were very complimentary about the message. They just said it was the wrong title. Um, which if you weren't here, I said... Not preaching, just talking. Which, in my head, that's how I saw it going. Yeah. But I kind of ended up in a different place. But that's all cool. Amen. So that's the, the stick was absolutely uh, warranted. But kind of following on from that, um, and and it's it's been it's been on my heart uh, for a while. I want to come. I want to come and talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Mm, come on. come on. Yeah. Um, When we when we when we when we speak when we speak about the the presence of God the, the thing is you see it can be a bit confusing if if you're new to faith or you don't usually go to church and because it, there are some terms that we use that you kind of almost just expect it to get right. you kind of just expect it to pick it up as as you go along and uh, and that that can be a little bit confusing but essentially just uh, for simplicity's sake, and I'm, 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 I've got a big task to do uh, in, in this message, but I want to say that when, we, when we're essentially talking about the Spirit of God, we're talking about the personal presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the personal presence of God. So I'm hoping to take us on a little bit of a journey um, and, and help us not just to understand who He is, but understand the impact that, that He wants to have On our lives. Amen. So I'm gonna pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand as we talk this about this today. Okay? Father, we say thank you that you're here already. We don't have to be, we don't invite you to be here because you promised that your spirit would be here. When we gather together in your name, you said you would be here in the midst. And Father, we pray that 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 you would open our minds. Uh, uh, open our understanding to, to receive, not only into our intellects, but into our spirit, what you are, what you are saying to us in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And if, if this is like new information to you, or you've been on the road a while, and you've heard some stuff around this, listen, um, as, I, as I got to uh, you know, come and just intentionally look at this stuff again, it just reminded me of some things that I need to be reminded of. Right. So it's, this is absolutely for everybody. The first and foremost thing that I want to say to you is that the Holy Spirit is God. Right. Uh, we don't have, we don't have uh, more than one God. We have one God. And, and, and when we're talking about I've got to explain this bit first because if we don't get this bit in, then it's not going to be clear. When we're talking about God, we are talking about Father, Son, Jesus. And we say the Holy Spirit, but actually it's not the greatest terminology because the Holy Spirit is, is a person. He is, he is uh, the third person of the Godhead. So he is not an it or a force. He is, he's not a something. He's, he's some one. And I suppose, I understand that when you're talking about three uh, uh, being one, it can be quite difficult to get our heads around some of that stuff. And there are models that help us with that. You know, you've got one son. But as in S-U-N, you've got one sun but which is light heat and radiation or you've got water it's one form but it can exist as liquid as ice as steam it's it, any illustration you use is going to be very limited but it ex- helps you understand that something that is one can exist in three in three States. So it's 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 not so much one plus one plus one equaling th- equal three. It's it's one times one times one equals one. Yeah. I know. I know it's not necessarily easiest thing to grasp. But if it was easy to understand, he wouldn't be God. So that is uh, that is our reality. The Spirit of God has been around right from the beginning of time. In fact, in Genesis 1, he gets a mention there um, right in the first two verses. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And... And we see there that, that as creation unfolded, that, that the Spirit of God brought order out of chaos. Right. And there was life. And there was, there was beauty that flowed out of that. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit were there at creation. Right. Now... When, when the Bible, when the Bible um, talks, and we don't very often talk like this, but it does us good. It does us good every now and again. Um, when, we, when the Bible talks about the Spirit of God, there's a Hebrew word that it uses consistently, which is ruach. Say ruach. 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 In fact, in fact, it's actually ruach. You've got to kind of clear your throat a little bit, but we won't do that because it could just go horribly wrong. Um and, and that word, that, that name is actually used to, uh, in when we're talking about the Spirit of God, but it's also used in talking about a couple of other things. The, the other one is wind. When, 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 when you see the word wind, the word ruach is, is used. And all this is there for a purpose to help us understand something of Holy Spirit in that, he, like the wind, you, you can see it you can sense it you can sorry you can see it where it moves but you can't see it yeah. you can feel the impact of the wind but but you can't actually see it moving another another word where you see the word ruach in the bible would be breath so there's wind and there's breath all these pictures of the spirit of god which which means that when i breathe obviously that that if i Breathe in. My breath Mm. gives me life, but it gives me energy. Are you with me? So all these things are pictures to help us understand how the Spirit of God uh, can impact our life. And it's much bigger than that, but this is a bit of an unfolding picture. Um, Now, it's interesting to me that at one time the Jewish people thought the name of God was, was so holy that no one could say it. And, and actually, it was designed to be unpronounceable. Um, and, and it was even written in, 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 in a way, um, Y-H-W-H, uh, in the, that's the English version of the Hebrew, that was there to make it unpronounceable. It was without vowels, and it was to make it unpronounceable because it was considered too holy to Say, and some of you may have heard the expression Yahweh. We've kind of anglicized it a bit, and we, 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 we call it Yahweh, and the English version of that is Jehovah. Some of you heard of Jehovah God, and, and that comes from that word. So why I say it's interesting because some people would say that uh, when, you, when you actually say the, 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 the letters of the name of God, which is Yah. Way ha way hey hey. It sounds like breathing. It sounds like breathing. And there's a picture there that it could be that I know I'm alive because the first thing I do when I arrive on the planet is say the word of God by breathing. And the last thing, the last thing I do before I leave the planet is say the name of God. It's a beautiful, a beautiful picture. So we see that the Spirit of God right there at the beginning of time, and and, and there's there's a great picture there. The Spirit of God brings order it's important, I think, to understand this, brings order to our lives. Yeah. Just as I was preparing, I felt that I wanted to just do something here because when, when the Spirit of God brings order, He brings order to disorder. He brings order to chaos. Mm. And I, I wanted, I'm just going to pray in a moment. Mm. And if it's relevant to you, you just open your heart and respond to God but order comes to disorder and I wanted to speak to anybody here who may have been labeled with a disorder I felt I felt particularly not not exclusively so don't hear what I'm not saying because if you've got something that at the end of it it says disorder I'm speaking to you but I did feel particularly in the area of blood that if you had some kind of blood disorder I felt the Spirit of God wanted to do something uh, in you, and, and for some, for some, that might be just beginning of a journey that, to have faith, that God can do something in your circumstances, in your disorder. but I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God will bring order to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your prompting. I come in this moment to every precious person in this room and anyone associated with their life. Lord, I pray because you are a God of order and Spirit of God, you bring order to chaos. So where there is disorder, you will bring order. And I pray right now that supernaturally, oh God, you will bring order to that disorder. In Jesus' name, you'll bring healing, you'll bring hope, you'll bring breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amazing. So God at the beginning of time brought order to chaos and there was life, there was order, there was beauty. And then of course man failed and he reintroduced a different kind of chaos into creation, this time into mankind. That's what we would call what we would call sin. And then thankfully Jesus came to put that right. Are you with me? Yeah. Taking you on a little bit of a journey to understand how he fits into the story. Jesus came to set us free. We've been singing about it. Because of what Jesus did, we, because he walked out of a grave, we get to walk out of a grave. Uh, maybe not for most of us a physical grave, but a grave of circumstances where we were kept in death and, uh, uh, and in disillusion. And God has enabled us to walk free through, from that, through Jesus Christ and so Jesus did not come just to bring another religion on the earth right. Right. That's right. Right. and that's why I've entitled our message today inside out because there are many situations and many beliefs that will try and get something from the outside into us But we're not talking about that because Jesus came and did what he did because he wanted to get something into us so that we would live from that place. Now, a prophet called Jeremiah in the Old Testament kind of promised this and and, and he prophesied it, essentially something that would be for many generations to come. But he prophesied what Jesus would essentially come and release through the power of the Spirit He says this in in Jeremiah 31, verse 33. Um, He said, this is uh, the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Now you've got to remember, he's saying this to people where the laws were written on stone. It was an external thing. It was like, if you like, it's when when you see the, 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 the speed limit on the road, it, that's, that's, that's saying, that's not a suggestion, just to say, um, it's actually there for a reason. And, 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 and it's an external law that you understand. That's a signpost that is saying, this is, I'm supposed to obey this. I think someone's just had a revelation, but I always wonder what those numbers were. Um, but but this is, this is what the Bible is helping us to understand that there were, this was coming to a people who understood that there were external laws to follow. But Jeremiah is saying, hey, there's going to come a time when instead of following external laws, this, this stuff is going to be put on your minds. It's going to be written on your hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And the significant thing with the law being put on my mind and in my heart is I'm not just now following external laws. Now I find myself with the ability to actually want to do what is right. I want to do what is right. So God was going to do something in us. But he wanted that to come from a place of relationship. Yeah, it's not that we're robots choosing to do the right thing. I have a relationship with a living God who enables me to choose to do the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Spirit of God doesn't just bring order to our lives. It's a great start. Great things flow from a place, a place of order. But He didn't come just to do that. The Spirit of God came to help us to outwork this Christian life. Because without the Spirit of God, we were going to stuff it up. Because it was God knew that I'm going to do something that if I leave, you try and work it out yourself. You're going to fail because you don't have the capacity right. to, to make this work out. You, we, 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 we are, you know, uh, the Bible says sinners from our, from our mother's womb. We, 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 we know how to fail, right. but God is saying, don't worry, I've got you. Right. Yeah. I'm not just going to get you to follow someone who succeeded mm-hmm. and dream about the possibility of being like Him right. and dream and be a fan of Him right. so you can say, oh, He's awesome. Oh, I'm not, I'm not quite as good as that. But hey, we try, hey. The Spirit of God is there to help us be like Him Come on. so that we can succeed. It's not, it's not, yeah. God is not setting us up for a lifetime of failure. Right. It's trying to get us to understand that I'm going to help you do this and I'm going to help you get it Right. Another, another terminology for, for the Holy Spirit is, is the comforter. Right, right. Or one who comes and draws alongside. So, so when, when, when I walk, I don't walk alone. None of us walk alone because the Spirit of God is with us. He's in us and He is with us. Yeah, yeah. Now when... When we talk about the comforter, it's not that it's just someone, because this word has slightly changed with the passing of time, but it's not just about... um, just, you know, as it were, rubbing your back and telling you everything's going to be all right. There, there, there. It's going to be fine. You're going to make it. It's all right. Yeah. It it's, it's actually comes from the, the French uh, calm forte," which is, which is with strength. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes to give us strength right. when we need it. So whatever we face, the Spirit is there running in us and with us and through us to help us do whatever life will throw at us. So the Spirit of God draws alongside to comfort, comfort strengthen yeah. and empower. If you are hearing that, well, does that mean then that I'm not supposed to just do the this Christian walk on my own, just trying and struggling? You've got it right. 100% right. None of us are meant to do it on, on. our own. Yeah. It's not just about, about, you know, the struggle is real. The, God sent... A comforter. He sent someone who will strengthen us. Someone who will help us. Someone who will help us outwork what Jesus wants us to do. So in, in Romans 8, the Bible says this. Um, it, it gives us an idea. It takes us a little bit off piece, but it helps us. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So there is, let's start there. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Every one of us has weaknesses and the Holy Spirit is there to help us. But even in our prayer life, when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit of God is there to help us pray. In, in, in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 12, it says, when they drag you into their meeting places or into police courts or before judges, don't worry about defending yourselves. What you'll, what you'll say or how you'll say it, the right words will be there. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words when the time comes. So not only does the Holy Spirit help us in our, uh, in our weaknesses, He helps us to know to say the right thing at the right time in the right way John 16 verse 13 says that but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears which is what the father is saying you remember Jesus said that I only do uh, what, the, what, the, uh, what the Father does. Uh, I, I, the Holy Spirit said, I only speak what, what, uh, what, I, what I hear from Him, and He will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit doesn't speak on His own. He represents the Godhead right. when, when He speaks, but He will guide us. The Holy Spirit will be a guide to us. Yeah. He will be that inner voice. That phrase has been completely ruined because I took my wife to see Toy Story 4 on Friday and Buzz Lightyear followed his inner voice and I'm not talking about that. And if you don't know, I, this, if I explain that, we'll, be, we'll never get to what I need to. Go and watch Toy Story 4. Anyway, no, oh God, no, Like, if you want to. I don't know. well, Pastor Malcolm says we should all watch Toy Story 4. I'm not saying that. Um, so, the Holy Spirit guides us in truth. How can I put it? It's like if I say something that is 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 right, then there is resonance in the room. If I stood up here, I, I'm not saying it because I'm giving. I'm just about to give someone a, a sound bite. But if I'm not saying it, if I, if I stood up here and says God is not real then, oh, I mean, it was there. You see, that resonance in the room, that what I've just said is not true. Do you see? So the truth in you, here's the truth that I speak, and it resonates. That truth is not, you didn't get there on your own. You got there through the Spirit of God. John 16 says this, but... um, And these are the words of Jesus. He says, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, a couple of things I want to say around this. Firstly, Jesus was saying, th- he was saying this to people who had been around the physical presence of Jesus. Right. I'm sure there's many of you would say, wow, that must have been awesome. There can be nothing better than being around the physical presence of Jesus. Well, Jesus said that's not true. Right. Wow. He said there's something better wow. than being around my physical presence. Presence, He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your, to your advantage wow. that I go away. Wow. He's saying, guys, you think this is good? I've got something better. Wow. Something better than my physical presence. Right. And that is that if I go away, I can send the Holy Spirit. I can send my helper to be with you. He said, he, he, will, he will convince you of sin. I want to say something real quick here. There is a huge difference between conviction and condemnation. And this is how we can understand the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the enemy. Because the voice of the enemy will speak the words of condemnation. So when I fail, and we all do, we all do, then. that's the voice that the enemy will come He say, oh, you're rubbish. You call yourself a Christian. Wow, if people knew what you were really like. You you, you, you promised this, you did that. And and it's a voice that brings you down, makes you down, it pulls you down. Whereas that's the voice of condemnation. It beats you up and it pulls you down. But the voice of conviction, this is the voice of the Spirit of God. It says, hey, bro, Sis, you've messed up, haven't you? But don't worry, I'm going to help you do better. That's great. That's great. I'm going to help you do better. I'm not saying you should have done it, but I'm hoping you could do better. It, it lifts you up. It comes with hope. It doesn't beat you down. It lifts you up and gives you hope. That's how you can tell whether... If, 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 if you've done something that you shouldn't and the Spirit of God will come and convict you and you say, okay... You know, with you, Lord, I can do better. That's the voice of conviction. That's the voice of hope. The Spirit convicts. He doesn't condemn. It says Jesus, Jesus said this, he said in John 7, he says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. Say within. within. From within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So, Jesus is saying that the Spirit is available to those who are thirsty. Now, let me just help us with this. Tando uh, pointed us to the fact that, you know, you could have a cup of tea in the atrium and, you know, great afterwards. Great thing to do. Carry, church carries on there. Have a cup of coffee, whatever. But, you know, I'm not talking about the kind of thirst that is, oh, I could, yeah, I fancy a, fancy a cup of tea. Right. Do you fancy a tea? Do you fancy coffee? Uh, You know, do you fancy a water? It's 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 not it's not that kind of thirst. In fact, I find it interesting that the word thirst is is used because that is 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 one of the most powerful uh, senses that we can feel as a human being. That desire to thirst because it's for us, it's life. And and um it actually means this word "thirst" in the original language means painfully feel their want of, painfully feel their want of. So this is not a fancy a cup of tea thirst. This is like I cannot think about anything else. I need this. I need to get a drink. You know, uh, I, I I know I know people. You know, I've been I've been uh, part of circumstances in the past where people have have drank. Uh, water they shouldn 't have because they were so thirsty they 've drunk unclean water but, but because their desire to hydrate overcame their sense it was that was such a strong such a strong drive that is what the Bible is saying here that, that we, having believed in Jesus, there should be a thirst in us for the Holy Spirit and the rivers so that life. Flows from within. It flows from within. The Spirit comes in. I outwork my faith. I outwork my walk from within. Do you see how far away from trying to be a good Christian this is? It's not about trying to be a good Christian. God sets you up with His Spirit, to help you be the person He wants you to be and the person you want to be. So that His intention is that every single one of us will live our lives from the inside out. If we try to live life from the outside in, we're going to end up disillusioned and disappointed. What do I mean by that is if I try and look to the outside world, the outside experiences to give me what I need. Whether it's the new car or the new hairdo. Or whether it's the new house or, or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're looking to out there to meet your needs, it may, it may meet a need for a while, but it's not enough to meet those deep, right. deep right. needs. True. That's that's what happens if. If I live life from the outside in, but God wants us to live from the inside out. And, and, and Jesus said in a loud voice, let anyone, anyone who is thirsty come. A thirst for the things of God, a thirst for God to come and fill my life we looked at it last week you know John the Baptist said I baptise, I baptise you with water but there's one speaking of Jesus who will come and baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire yeah. Acts 13 and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit <coughs> Ephesians 5 therefore do not be foolish watch this do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is he said this do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery which basically means excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures he's saying being drunk will do that the Bible doesn't say you shouldn't drink he says you shouldn't be drunk and he's saying you shouldn't be drunk because there's something better than being drunk he says be filled with the Spirit in fact that word be filled means be being filled be being filled filled now, I'm going to use an illustration now that some of you aren't going to like. But I'm going to love you if you love me. Okay? Because I just think it's interesting why Paul, in writing to the Ephesian church, uses that illustration. Let me, it, let me put it this way. If you get drunk, I mean, no one here I get, you know. But if you get drunk, you don't stay drunk. The only way you're going to stay drunk is if you keep drinking mm. yeah, you see, I know some you you guys you you look you're trying to look holy, but I know you get, oh no, I read about it somewhere. I'll tell you a funny story about this um some years ago now about twenty years ago um uh my uh you know sometimes. You know, I've not, I've not always followed the Lord. <clears throat> Let's just put it that way. Wow. And my kids find that a little bit fascinating. Sometimes, and sometimes they used to ask me questions. It's a very dangerous thing. But they used to ask me questions about what life was um, like before I found Jesus. And I think one day, one day they came to me and said, so have you, have you been drunk? And I went, well, um, before, before I met, before I met the Lord, yes, I, I, I have been drunk. They were like, oh, dad's been drunk. Weeks later, we, we had some uh, people around, no one here, uh, but we had some people around who were very straight-laced people and, and didn't have very much of a, a sense of humor, but they loved the Lord. And... And we had them around for a meal. And they just got down, they sat down, literally, this is the first five minutes. And and Gabrielle, my youngest daughter, who was about three, going on four, at the time, went up to these people and she said, "Um, my dad's been drunk. (laughs) I'm now thinking, oh my God, what's she talking about? I've forgotten that conversation and then the Lord out me and says oh yeah I, I was talking about before I was a Christian wasn't I Gabs and she went no <laughs> it was a very awkward evening from that point on but the picture is he's saying don't get drunk on wine but understand that you're only going to stay drunk if you keep drinking you're only going to stay full of the spirit if you keep drinking. I think there's way too many Pentecostal people who made it an event. Oh yeah, I've been filled with the Spirit. I haven't heard many people say, yes, I'm being filled with the Spirit because that's what the Bible tells us to do. We should be being filled with the Spirit. It's not an event, it's a way of life. believe that there is a baptism of the Spirit and we're going to pray about that in the moment. I believe that when I find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God enters me. But there is a baptism. There is something different. Jesus, the holiest man on the face of the earth, when he came up out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit came on him in a new and fresh way, where God said, look, God looked at him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So there is, there is a new dimension of the Spirit which, help, which helps me outwork yeah. the spiritual life, the calling that's on my life. And it would be all too easy and I believe very much in the gifts of the Spirit and I believe very much that, that when I receive the baptism of, of baptism of the Spirit, I am given a language that is not my own. Right. Right. And you can imagine now uh, I can't just get now into teaching about that because we, we are running out of time. But I, I, I want to maybe just right at the end here, just take us down a slightly different route after establishing that I believe in that. I believe in that and I want to believe that when we pray in a moment that some people who have not been filled with the Spirit some people who have never spoken in tongues before will speak in tongues in the name of the Lord I believe in it I believe that that is what God wants for our life he who speaks in an unknown tongue Paul says will edify himself will build I build myself up and I think that we as Pentecostals have really been good at emphasizing that but I just want to point out something slightly different in writing to the Galatian church Paul said this in Galatians 5 he said but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control against such things there is no law i just want to i just want to read from another version, which I just thought it put it so beautifully. This is called the Passion Translation. It says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue." faith that prevails gentleness of heart and strength of spirit never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless this is what the Holy Spirit makes available to us so if I can see these things, actioned in my life, is not because I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be patient. I was really trying to be patient. It's not about me clenching my fist and trying really hard to be a really good Christian. Right. God has given us yeah, yeah, yeah. His spirit. Hey, hey, I can help you with that. My my spirit in you yeah. will help you to be yeah. the best version of yourself this isn't about you straining and more effort and more it's about god i can't do it but you can do it through me you've come to the end of this message we hope you've been challenged and inspired stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media just search heart church uk